one of the one of the favorite quotes of I guess the whole season and maybe everything was Tommy Harris. He said, "I wake up on Monday mornings wishing it was Friday to go to a ball game." Legendary, an adjective with a very diverse application. That's because a legend can take on many forms. Legends can refer to events or people, both real and mythical. What does it mean to be legendary? If you were to open up your favorite internet browser and search for the definition, you will find that legendary has two meanings. One of them is described in or based on legends. For example, one of the most famous legends in world history refers to the Greek Roman hero Hercules. Hercules was born mortal, but he also had the strength of a god, taking after his father Zeus. He exemplifies many traits of classical mythological heroes, meaning that every triumph was met with tragedy and vice versa. Hercules' greatest achievement as a hero would probably be the Twelve Labors. These were great feats of strength and cunning, which only Hercules could possibly succeed in completing. He was met with adversity and resistance in many forms, yet Hercules was able to overcome each trial, culminating in a final challenge where he fought and captured Cerberus, Hades' watchdog of the underworld. After this, Hercules was able to earn his great prize, a prize which meant everything to him. What might that prize be, you ask? It wasn't a trophy or a belt or some great armor. For Hercules, his great prize was much simpler. It was forgiveness. You see, before the trials, Hercules was tricked by one of the gods into a blonde rage. A rage that culminated in Hercules accidentally killing his own family. The triumph of the legend of Hercules was actually born of a failure. A failure to be the hero and overcome adversity. Before Hercules could triumph, he had to lose. On November 11th, 1983, the Marshall County Tigers football team watched as Portland High School lined up to kick a potential game-winning field goal with two seconds left in the regulation. The score was tied 7-7 and the Tigers' ferocious defense had played well all night. With a record of 10-0, the Tigers had turned an expected rebuilding gear into an undefeated regular season, defined by tough defense, comebacks, and grit. This had been a storybook season. The ball was snapped and the field goal was kicked through the uprights as time expired. The Tigers watched as the 5-5 Portland High School football team celebrated their 10-7 upset win over the unbeaten Tigers. Marsha County, which had overcome losing 13 starters from the previous season, had battled their way to the playoffs and had dreamed of a major matchup with Brentwood Academy in round two fell short. Make no mistake, 1983 was a remarkable season with great players in Marshall County football history. But for our legend, this loss set the stage for the 14 labors of the 1984 Marshall County Tigers football team. This is their story. The MCHS History Club presents The Book of Marshall, Marshall County, Tennessee is home to a rich and diverse history. Thank you for joining us as we investigate the past and preserve our stories for the future. The echoes of our past reverberate all the way through today. All that we have to do is listen. Welcome to the Book of Marshall.
In order for the Tigers to bounce back in 1984, they had to put in the work necessary to earn it. So how do you build a championship football team? In researching this idea, the History Club came to the conclusion that every championship team is built differently. Much like how the Greeks share common traits, there are differences in the experiences and their motivations that define those heroes and set them apart. In order to understand the makeup of this 1984 team, the History Club went straight to the source. We were lucky to have three members of the 84 Tigers join us for a discussion about this season. My name is Jeff Little. Everybody call me, the nickname is Bug. Football, they call me Hitman. Danny Pickle, still coach here, teach, having a ball, still think about high school all the time. Keith Stacy, uh, I was a senior on the 84 team. I was a starting middle linebacker and tight end. We were also joined by Coach Bob Edens and Coach Joe George to give us insight to the coach's approach to the team. Coach Edens is a TSSAA Hall of Fame coach inducted in 2015. He coached the Marshall County Tigers for 22 years, and throughout his entire coaching career, he amassed a record of 169 wins to 78 losses, three regional championships, 10 district titles, and one state championship. Of course, we will get to that accomplishment soon. Coach Edens is quick to point out his program was not a one-man show. This is not a, a Bob Edens thing, don't get that way. If I hadn't had Joe as defense coordinator, I never, we never would have had it. Yeah, we had two head coaches in football, me and Joe. And Joe took care of the defense. And in 22 years, we never had a crossword about anything. Now, if that's not companionship, good coach, and all that, that's the way it's got to be if you're going to be a success, anything. And I always wanted somebody smarter than I was. Of course, I didn't know anything about defense. Joe knew, Joe knew all. I just turned it over to him. Coach George coached defense for the Tigers, and he is also a TSSAA Hall of Fame coach, as well as a head coach of the state champion MCHS baseball squads too. When these five men reunited to discuss the season with the History Club, it was clear the players still regarded their coaches in high respect. I recall the 84 team with a lot of fondness. The two coaches here today, Coach George and Coach Edens, have meant a ton to me in my life, still do. It is there we can examine the intangibles that define the makeup of this team. Our starting point, losing the first round playoff game in 1983, provided a key characteristic to the 84 squad, motivation. We had a bunch of guys that played good. They wanted to win. And wanted to win. They wanted it, you know what I mean? They, they just... Well, I think in 83, they saw they could be good. Yeah. Joe winning the baseball state championship in 83, the, it was sort of like lighting the fuse. You know, these kids, we, we want to do that. We, yeah. we want to be a state championship team. The team found belief in themselves in 1983, and that belief carried over into 1984. This era of Tiger football was also known for their toughness. The coaches and players were fully bought into the idea that championships were won in the offseason. Each practice ended with a trip to the hill to complete the portion of practice that coaches called the fourth quarter. The theory is simple and widely practiced. The coaches wanted the team to have the hardest practice so that Friday nights felt easy. The hard-hitting practice followed by runs on the hill pushed players to their limits. The hill had a lot to do with it, yeah. too. <laughs> we felt like we could win the first two or three games just by being in better shape That's than everybody right. else. That was our, we called that the fourth quarter. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we'd get through with practice and everything, and then we run our sprints up and down hill. Yeah, every every practice ended with to the hill. And I remember Coach Edens preaching to us that we got to do all this running, guys, because we're going to beat them because we're in better shape. That's how we won a lot of games. You all agree with that? I mean, we, we talent-wise, it, it is what it is. You know, we had Rodney, for instance. But after the fact, you realize 
This is why we did this. The long haul. That's what it is. You're not going to win it today. you got to put in the work. Outwork your opponent. It was great to see them, how they worked, and how they, and really how they worked on the practice field. With no talking back, wasn't it? Mm. It was business. You know, I'm yeah. going to do my job, and we're going to get this done. And sometimes, when they ran the hill while carrying a teammate on their backs, perhaps even discovered that they had found a new limit. That visual of carrying one another up the hill reveals yet another of the intangible characteristics that this team possessed, togetherness. Yeah, most time off-season when we come in, I'd probably be the last person to come run the whole block. I think I remember you running it. Like, you would get real close to the finish and turn around and go get somebody. Yeah, push so them on. they thought you were last, but you'd already run three-fourths of it and then turned around and went back. Just to help somebody out. We tried to push each other back in the day. We pushed everybody. That was our name the game, just push and, hey, help, 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 help. This team supported each other. That level of support helped to build them into a complete team. Players such as Rodney Davis and Jeff Little were flanked with teammates who had bought into the concept of team and everyone benefited from this. And and you'd put one of those around with a good linebacker or Jeff Little or whatever, uh -huh. and they made him. Then in return, he would make them because they see they couldn't go to Jeff, so they'd come somewhere else. But it, it was just teamwork and everything that you do. And Bug has said two or three times how much we loved each other and supported each other and we believed in each other. We hung out outside of school a lot, but we were a tight-knit group of players and all of that, I think, led to a lot of confidence and ultimately a lot of victories. Other players mentioned fondly and frequently alongside their interviewees include quarterback and safety Sean Whaley, fullback P.D. Allen, and the entire offensive and defensive line units. We do not have the time to mention the entire staff and roster by name, but we encourage you to look at the sources located in the show notes, where we have included the roster for the 80-14. Even with all these factors at play, the Tigers got a reminder of how playoff football was different just before the season started. We scrimmaged Brentwood Academy, I won't say in August, on our practice field. Didn't fare too well against them. At the time, Brentwood Academy was traditionally that one team that the Tigers couldn't seem to get past. Their contests were often epics, defined by hard-hitting defense where offensive scoring was hard to come by. This preseason scrimmage did not go well for the Tigers. One final element to the success of the 84 Tigers was not something that the team did, but something perhaps they had earned. The community around Lewisburg and Marshall County supported the Tigers, both players and coaches. When we was getting ready to play Brentwood Academy, I believe I'm right on this, and Joe, you correct me. Wrong. Our booster club, the quarterback club, had a guy to fly over mm -hmm. while we were practicing and threw out flowers on, on the uh, practice field out there. And this was all about Brentwood Academy. Mm -hmm. How we're going to destroy this right. country school from Lewisburg. Right. Of course, you know, they didn't do that. <laughs> the, the, the boost quarterback club wrote that. Right. <laughs> Tommy Harris. Tommy Harris. Yeah. <laughs> One of, the, one of the favorite quotes of, I guess, the whole season and maybe everything was Tommy Harris. He said, I wake up on Monday mornings wishing it was Friday to go to a ball game. Yeah. And Tommy's dead and gone, but that'll always stick in my mind what he said about that. I don't think I ever played in a game, uh, baseball or football. I didn't play basketball, Jeff did, but I would say the same is true for basketball that wasn't broadcast on local radio. And I don't know that every school, even back then, could say that they had a, a, a voice of their team that called every game. And that's still the yeah. case here in mm -hmm. Marshall, Marshall County. County. So 
uh, I think there's a lot to be said for the ongoing effort by a lot of people in this county to not only follow get, get behind and follow sports, but to promote them and then to financially back them as well. It was and we had we had uh, people that had a business. We, when we started up that year, we would I'd go to them, and somebody else would go to them in a booster club and have T-shirts print out. You know, gave them away to the first 50 people that got the the town was behind. No, we had a crowd following us. And yeah. I don't care. Saturday morning, everybody didn't have to ask did Lewisburg get beat or did they win. I, I remember uh, looking forward to the Tribune and Gazette coming out. It was a two-day-a-week paper. Of course, you like to see your name in the paper and how many tackles you had. In the state championship game, we were wondering how long of a line that we would have behind the old yellow bus. And it, it was long, but y'all sure had a lot of support from everybody in Marshall County. This parade of cars brings us back once again to the legend of 1984, the AA state championship, and the labor of winning the 14 games that it would take to get there. The regular season kicked off with a bit of a struggle win over Mount Pleasant. The Tigers were victorious by a score of 22 to eight. Week two saw a much more convincing victory, with the Tigers racing out to a 39-6 victory over Giles County. This game may not be notable for any last-second heroics, but that's not to say this game did not feature any memorable moments. Enter Jeff Little. According to Little, the team encountered some pre-game trash talk while going through their walkthrough. Like everybody else, when you go to a ball game, you walk the field and see where the lumps and stuff out, cracks and everything. They come out and say, I'm gonna score 100 yards, I'm gonna score 1,000 yards on y'all tonight. That just made me get hyper and uh, it just made me, well, it's time him to go. Before that game, standing out in front of that little dressing room we had right there, same dressing room the visitors have right now down at Giles County. I can remember this dude right here just, just couldn't be still. Th this dude right here was as gentle as anybody in the hallways of the school, but when he put that helmet on and buckled up, it was on. I'm just glad he didn't hit me. The Tigers scored quickly to start the game after a Sean Whaley 50-yard touchdown run on the opening possession. Then on the next kickoff, Jeff Little left his mark on the game. This hit did not merely light a spark to fire the team up. This was an explosion. When I looked out on the field and Jeff hit that kid, that's the hardest lick that I believe I've seen in football. But the boy's helmet came off and I thought it was his head. But when he knocked his helmet off, two of our cats recovered the helmet. They thought it was a ball. <laughs> the Tigers moved on to a win over Lewis County, 32 to 14. And tight end Frank Sullivan had a big game, catching four passes and a touchdown from Whaley. The Tigers shut out Goodlitzville in week four. Hickman County would fall to the Tigers as they climbed to six to zero. The Tigers celebrated their homecoming week with a victory over Lawrence County. Dominant showings against Page and Stewart County followed. The Tigers even had a bit of a rebound against Page. With a 43-0 first half lead, the Tigers had their most dominant half of the season. The Tigers closed out the regular season with a win over BGA, clinching the division title. It was not without struggle, the offense only gaining 58 yards in the first half. After yet another Jeff Little hit to open the third quarter, the Tigers clicked and put the game away in the second half. Two weeks into November, the Tigers achieved the first of their goals and were primed to finally take on the loss that haunted them for the past year and to do something no other MCHS football team had done before them, win in the playoffs. Stay with us through the sponsor break for the playoff run and the legendary finish to the 1984 season. 
Today's episode of the Book of Marshall is sponsored by MCHS alumni, Mrs. Anna Childress and Dairy Queen of Lewisburg, located at 850 North Ellington Parkway in Lewisburg, Tennessee. At Dairy Queen, we flip for blizzards. The MCHS History Club is dedicated to researching our local history, but we also have a goal of connecting with our greater community. This month, Caden Emmett found a minute to discuss the role of economy and local businesses with Greg Lowe, Marshall County's Director of Economic Development. This is Caden Emmett, a junior at the Marshall County History Club, and I'm here interviewing Greg Lowe. Now, we have a few questions for you. First off, what is the role of an economic and community director? Interesting question. So I like to say pretty much everything is involved in economic development. Uh, primarily, if you break it down, it's really I try to create an environment where everyone has an opportunity to create wealth for him or herself. That could mean bringing in a new factory that puts people to work. That could mean helping someone take that idea, that business idea, out of their basement or kitchen and bring it to fruition. That might mean doing what we're doing right now, just simply marketing Lewisburg and Marshall County as a good place to live, work, and play. So there's a lot of things that go into economic development, but it's really about creating opportunities. How long have you been in this role? So I've been with the city now over 15 years, but originally I did codes enforcement briefly, but I've been doing economic development now for over 13 years. What is the most important aspect of your role in the community? Boy, that's a really good question, and that would probably depend on the day and who you ask. Um, I think the most important thing is being the connector. So um, I like to tell this joke to people. I don't know anything. I just know people who know stuff. And so what I do is I connect you to those people. I connect, let's say you have a business idea and you're going, uh, I don't even know where to begin, but I think I have a really good business idea. I'm gonna connect you to the Tennessee Small Business Development Center, or I'm gonna connect you to someone who's already doing a small business, and they can tell you uh, what it's like to try to start a small business. Maybe you need money, so I will connect you to grant opportunities, either with the state or with USDA, there's a lot of resources that provide money. Um, so I'm, I would basically do that. So I would say uh, informer and connector. Uh, thank you. We would also like to thank Mr. Lowe for his support of the MCHS History Club and helping to spread awareness of our podcast. Caden Mills caught up with MCHS alumni Gracie Steely to reflect on her time at MCHS as she nears the end of her first year at UT Knoxville. Hey guys, my name is Caden Mills and I'm a senior at Marshall County High School and I'm in the History Club. I'm here with... Hi guys, my name is Gracie Steely. When did you attend MCHS? So I graduated last year. I'm a class of 2022 graduate. What's your favorite memory of your time at MCHS? Um, senior year as a whole was pretty good, but something specific I'll never forget was homecoming my senior year. It was sort of a senior's bounce back year after COVID, and my sister was a freshman in high school with me, so that time was pretty special. But one memory me and her had together was me and my two best friends and her rode in the homecoming parade together. And I remember at the end of the day, they announced first place of the homecoming parade, and it was us, and I'll never forget getting up and hugging her and screaming and yelling. That's something I'll take with me forever. Thank you. Good luck to Gracie, and thank you making time for us. Last, the MCHS History Club would like to thank our greatest supporters, and that's you. 
Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. If you like what we are doing, please follow or subscribe to stay up to date on each chapter of the Book of Marshall. And don't forget to leave us a review. We are so thankful for our community and for your support. Now, back to the legend of the 84 Tigers. The playoffs. The pressure only continued to mount. As sweet as an undefeated regular season was, this group of players and coaches knew firsthand how easy it was to slip up in the playoffs. Every mistake was magnified, and every decision carried the stakes that if you get it wrong, your season was done. The first team the Tigers would play would be White House. A defensive struggle, the Tigers would earn a hard-fought victory by a score of 14-7. When we went to White House, y'all senior year, I kept thinking all week long, we been up there and got beat first round. We got up there and got beat first round. So I, I sat in my den just trying to imagine what White House would do on first down plays. And then I imagined what they'd do on second down plays. And so I just worked myself up to a tizzy. I'd go to bed, couldn't go to sleep and all that. I'd get up and get a pen and start doing all that stuff. So finally I just said, rolled all that paper stuff up and I rolled it back. I said, we're going to do exactly what we've been doing. Then we get there, and it's cold. And the, and the grass, brand new field. No patches of grass. My feet like to froze off. I had a little thin pair of socks and my cowboy boots on. It was cold, cold. As far as that White House game goes, I do remember it being so cold. Closest game we played in the 14 7. 14 7. Coach, he said, Coach, y'all going to go a long ways. And um, I said, what t- tells you that? And he said, your defense. Your defense hits good, gets the ball good and all that. So that was that was good to hear. Our main thing, when we tackle, we don't want one person. We want two or three people around the ball. If one man can't get them down, one of our players would right there with them. And I think another thing that comes to my mind is how good we were on defense. But I want to say that over my three-year career as a varsity player, uh, I don't think we gave up over six points a game. I think uh, the whole season what uh, under sixty points. So you had to, you you were going to have to score at least twice on us to beat us, and you weren't going to do that because we weren't going to let you. They were a unit, you know. Jeff Little, he was a big hitter and everything. Of course, Rodney played safety, and he you know kind of Brentwood Caddy made a mistake one time of throwing in the middle, and uh, Rodney just picked, picked it, it off, off. You know. However, the Tigers did not have time to celebrate. They faced Brentwood Academy next. The same Brentwood Academy, if you recall, that had dominated the Tigers in the preseason scrimmage. In his 12 labors, Hercules accomplished many things, but what he is most associated with is slaying the Hydra. See, the Hydra was a mythical beast, similar to a dragon or serpent, depending on the version of the story. It had multiple heads, anywhere from three to nine, the trick to the Hydra, though, was that if you were to cut off the head of this creature, it would grow two or more to replace it. That may have summed up the Tigers' history with Brentwood prior to this. Another defensive struggle ensued, but this time, Ronnie Davis seemed to embody Hercules on the field, as he was a key contributor to all three of the scores from the Tigers. As the scoreless first half progressed, it seemed like Brentwood would be the first to score, until Sean Whaley made a tackle in the backfield on a fourth in inches attempt deep into Tiger territory. Davis scooped up the fumble and raced 86 yards for the score. The missed extra point allowed Brentwood to take a 7-6 lead into the final quarter of the game. Davis kicked a field goal for a 9-7 lead, which must have been an excruciating score for the Tigers. The Tiger defense recovered four of the eight fumbles that they forced in the game, but the final one set the stage for the Tigers to ice the game. Ronnie Davis completed a short pass to Frank Sullivan to seal the game. The scoreboard read 16-7, and the Marshall County Tigers have finally defeated Brentwood Academy. 
It seemed this season was on the verge of being special. The semifinals didn't produce nearly as epic of a follow-up. Milan fell 25-0. According to coaches and players, some of the representatives in Milan made some disparaging remarks about the height of P.D. Allen. We had a boy named P.D. Allen. P.D. was a, a guy that was, what, about 5'6", John? 5'5", five, five, maybe. 5'5", five, five. <laughs> weighed 200 pounds. He was our fullback. He was he blocked for everybody, tailbacks and all that. Played defensive end, son. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he was just good. And they were not impressed with our size no, as we got I off the I've already told them, but I left out a key word. But. Yeah, yeah we, we had some disparaging remarks from their players as we were getting off the bus. Uh, I told Petey, I said, you know, just kind of settle down a little bit. I said, I'm going to give you something that will break their backs. And so I don't know if it's on the first time we scored or the second time we scored. I believe it was second. But we put Rodney, we had a yeah. double eight. We put Rodney and had a two wide outs, two tight ends, and put Petey at tailback, walked in. Yeah. He came out off the field, and I said, there it is. Boy, that fired our guys up, and, and they were supposed to lead us two touchdowns. I think we beat them 25 nothing. <laughs> Take away the uh, championship game, y'all's best ball game that y'all had was smiling. smiling. The Tigers moved on to the state championship. The Clinic Bowl, played on December 8, 1984 at Dudley Stadium, featured the undefeated matchup between the Marshall County Tigers and Marion County. The Tigers had accomplished so much to this point in the season, and one more game stood between them and the title of champions. As the first quarter rolled on, the Tigers trailed 3-0 thanks to a field goal by Marion County. Jeff Little, as he often had, provided the spark to get the Tigers going during a slow start. But this time, it was not in the way you would expect. Tigers have a second down and four to go from the 41-yard line of the Warriors. Sullivan to the right side, the near side of the field. Left side, it's Little. Back to throw, Whaley throwing over the middle. It's going to be caught by Little at the 25. Breaks the tackle. He's at the stand. He's at the five. He's going to score. Touchdown, Tigers! Marion County would drive to yet another field goal to close out the first quarter with a 6-6 tie. The Tigers struggled to move the ball consistently throughout the whole game, while Marion County was able to mount several drives into Tiger territory. Yet every time the Tigers found themselves with their backs against the wall, they made the play on defense. It'll bring up second down and seven for the Warriors. Down on the quarterback in motion comes Number 16, Thomas, back to throw. Pass picked off by Whaley at the 25. Whaley at the 30, up to the 40. And he can't escape the tackle. Should be a late hit. Rose at the 7-yard line. It's third down and goal to goal from the 7. The Warriors with the football. Receiver coming left is Womack. To the right side is Keith Webb. Back or slip. And motion Webb back to the wide side of the field. Late in the second half, Whaley found Little again on a miraculous catch off a tipped ball. Wide right is Kevin Osborne, to the left side comes Jeff Little. Sullivan is tied into the right side. Back to throw. Whaley throwing over the middle. It's going to be caught. Little gets it on the tip. Little inside the ten. Now it's a six-yard line. The ball was kept by a defensive back. He almost had the interception. The ball tipped in the air. Little's 
barely feet, caught the ball, and got the ball down inside the 10 mark and down at about the 8 yard line. Roger, what a play. Setting the Tigers up at the goal line. On fourth and goal, Coach Edens and his staff made the first of two spectacular play calls of the night. It is fourth down and eight. Davis, the wide receiver left side. Allen, the only lone setback for the Tigers. Whaley drops back to throw. Has pressure. Middle screen to Allen. He's got it. And the two. Touchdown. Tigers. What a call. What a call by the Tigers. A middle screen. It likely would have been the play of the game if not for what happened later. After a scoreless third quarter, the Tigers never could put the game away. Then, the Tigers made the play of the season. It was third and 25 from their own 25-yard line. Uh, but we had another third and 25. And uh, Coach E's, I'll never forget this, puts his, arm, his right arm around me, and he says, pro right 90, flea flicker left. And it, this was not a play you wanted to put on film a lot the play you ran when you needed 25 yards. My thinking behind that was, we're gonna run this. When we punt the ball, we get 10 yards. I, went, I carried the play onto the field and gave it to Sean Whaley, our quarterback. It ran like clockwork. I, mean, I split wide to the left, and, and believe me, I'm not a split end. <laughs> and I was on another split, and yeah. the next thing you know, hey, Rodney coming down the sideline. Fred Mustang's got it right to the tee. You know, we, we have third down and 25. Holy cow, what do you call on third down and 25? Third and 25 for Washington County. So what do you play here? What do you call here on third and 25? Austin goes wide right, safety to the left side. Back are split, Allen and Davis. Lady dropping back to throw. Those caught back. It's the pitch back to Davis in the 50, the 40, the 35. The race is on. He is going to win the race. Touchdown, Tigers. Rodney, everybody knew that he was going to be, he's going to make a big play. Intercept a pass or he's going to make a 80-yard run or 20-yard run or whatever. Keith Stacy caught the 10-yard pass from Whaley, and as the two safeties closed in to tackle him well short of the first down, Rodney Davis came streaking out of the backfield. Stacy timed his lateral perfectly, pitching it backwards to Davis, who was running full speed on the sideline and ran untouched to the end zone. 20-6, with about half of the fourth quarter left. Of course, this was a state championship. Marion County was a fine team, likely with a story of their own, just like this one, full of talented players and coaches. They were never going to roll over for the Tigers. They scored a touchdown with a little over a minute left in the game. All the Tigers had to do was recover the onside kick, and they would seal the 20-13 victory and cement their place in legend as state championships. But then... 54 seconds to go in the football game. Tigers lead 20-13. Nobody ever needed back deep for the Tigers. Davis is standing at his 23-yard line. There's a kick. It's out for the Tigers. Marion Kelly gets the football. Marion Kelly recovers the onside kick. Hold everything, folks. This game isn't over with. Not by a long shot. The Tigers, ready to celebrate for over half the quarter, found themselves taking the field on defense one more time. Suddenly, all of those runs up and down the hill 
All of those times they pushed each other. All of the moments their coaches pushed them. Hanging out and building chemistry. All of the fans and support from the community. All of the intangibles this team had developed would be called upon to seal this season. The fourth quarter program designed to give the team the edge they needed to pull out the game. To prove themselves better than their opponents was tested to the fullest. The defense took the field one final time. And they break the hurdle. 17 seconds to go with third down and five. Down on the quarterback, Tigers with a four-man rush. Back to throw, Fowler to throw the deep one. It's going to be tipped to rest. Intercepted by Whaley at the 15. Whaley with the football at the 20. Throw it down. The clock's going five seconds. The clock hit zero, and the Tigers hit the field. For his play, Sean Whaley was named MVP of the Clinic Bowl. Ladies and gentlemen, Marshall County is the new 1984 state champions in class AA. Holy cow, what a ball game. Holy cow, what a season. Hercules' prize for his great labors was indeed bittersweet. But for the Tigers, this victory was only a triumph. They had accomplished so many firsts for the program, and regarding the state championship, they have been the only team to reach this goal. If you look up the word legendary in your favorite search engine, you will find two definitions. The second one is remarkable enough to be famous, very well known. We admit, it could always be debated whether or not the 1984 Tigers are truly deserving of legendary status. However, there is one thing that can never be denied to them. One accomplishment that will stand the test of time. This was their story. The Book of Marshall, Chapter 2, Legendary. This episode of The Book of Marshall was researched and written by Tennille Alexander, Henry Pearson, Caden Mills, Caden Emmett, Lyle Nelson, and Travis Hillis. Hosted by Caden Mills, Tennille Alexander, Henry Pearson. Introduction and sponsorships hosted by Lyle Nelson. Greg Lowe interviewed by Caden Emmett. Gracie Steely interviewed by Caden Mills. Jeff Little, Danny Pickle. Keith Stacy, Coach Bob Edens, and Coach Joe George Roundtable, conducted by Caden Mills. The Roundtable will be released in its entirety as a bonus episode this June. Stay tuned. Executive produced by Travis Hillis. Theme song for the Book of Marshall, Clouds, by Jay Hill. His music is available on all streaming platforms. Additional music used royalty-free can be found in the show's notes with links. Any errors made in the research of this episode are purely made in good faith. Sources are provided in the episode script. We would like to thank Linda Potts and the Marshall County Historical Society for their support. Finally, we would like to thank you for listening. We would invite you to subscribe on iTunes, follow us on Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review. We hope to see you next time as we turn the pages of the Book of Marshall.